0: time for re-engineering your finances with the founder of cp weldy group charles weldy well hey there and welcome to another edition of re-engineering your finances with charles weldy certified financial planner founder of cp weldy group serving you in delaware and chester county areas with an office in chad's ford pa on route 52 find us online at cp charles great to be with you this week how you doing
1: Water, I'm doing well. My uh, I was visiting my grandkids over the weekend. They're three and a half years old. I can't believe how fast time's flying.
0: Oh, that's amazing! And what a fun age that they're at right now. I mean, I'm sure they just keep your your head spinning with all sorts of uh, energy and activities right now.
1: Oh, it's fantastic. We were down the shore, you know, maybe about six weeks ago down the uh, Avalon, New Jersey, and I was walking them on the boardwalk, and they were just like, you know, they were like in Disney World. It was fantastic, and right. so was I. I mean, just being with your grandkids and. You know, kind of leaving all the worries and trials and tribulations behind. I mean, what a what a gift!
0: Wonderful. Very glad to hear that, and uh, many more hangouts and good times to come. I am sure uh, well, we've got a great show on the way today. Let's dive into it, Charles, so folks can get some good information today. We're going to be talking about tax consequences, uh, pros and cons of various account types. So if you've ever wondered some of the differences between some of the different accounts that are out there and you're looking for a little education on that side of things, we're gonna try and break things down very simply and easily on today's show for you so it's easy to understand the differences between these accounts. And then, Charles, I'm hoping you can connect the dots for us on why those differences matter to the everyday investor. Uh, So, you know, let's look at the different tax consequences here, pros and cons, and how you use them maybe in retirement planning for your clients. Uh, Let's talk about the very popular accounts out there. They're known as tax-deferred accounts. These are things like, uh, what, 401ks and IRAs, right, Charles?
1: Yeah, 401ks, IRAs, they got 403Bs for the nonprofit organizations, but pretty much, you know, uh, when we talk about IRAs, 401ks, it encompasses tax deferred investments. And, uh, how that works, Walter, is that, uh, if I were to put $10,000 in my retirement account, you know, 401k, um, I get, and I'm in a 25% tax bracket. That means that I get a $2,500 tax savings by putting, by putting the 10 grand into the retirement account. So the key for people to remember is that you get the deduction today. It's really a discount. Uh, However, you'll pay later when you take the money out. So there's advantages and disadvantages. But by and large, what I find in my practice is that a lot of the baby boomers have been like, you know, piling money into their deferred uh, tax deferred accounts over the years. And what keeps me up at night isn't what it's worth today, but what it might be worth when they have to take the requirement of distributions at age 70 and a half or 72. And basically, um, you know, the, I, I think in the future we'll have higher taxes. So the point I want to make is there's, um, you know, there's a lot of people that might have too much money in tax deferred and they might be wiser to maybe consider uh, moving some of that from tax deferred to tax free via a Roth conversion, or if they're still working, maybe ask their company if instead of putting money in a 401k, they can put money in a 40, uh, a Roth 401k, which we'll talk about that a little later in our, in our next segment.
0: Okay. So yeah, let's draw the differences between tax deferred accounts. And then that word Roth starts to pop up in this next category, the tax free accounts.
1: Right. So the Roth IRA or the Roth 401k is uh, pretty much opposite of the tax deferred accounts. What I mean by that is, that if you put the ten grand in today, you don't save anything in taxes because you don't get a deduction. Basically, the ten grand goes to work for you, but the payoff is that eventually, when you take the money out in the future, and it's important to realize that on Roth IRAs and Roth 401ks, when you hit seventy and a half or seventy two, depending on when you were born, uh, for the most part, that money is all tax free, so the growth is tax free. So there's a story that I often tell you know, my clients and prospects, and the story is one of a farmer who basically wants to plant some seed and he goes to the general store to buy that seed. And right before he goes to check out, the clerk behind the counter says, hey, Mr. Farmer, would you rather pay tax on the seed today and you know, no tax on the harvest tomorrow? Or would you rather you know, uh, get a discount on your purchase today and, and pay tax on the harvest in the future? And by and large, if we all, you know, were, you know, given that question, uh, I think most of us would opt, you know, not all of us, but most of us would opt to really like pay the tax today at historically low rates and have all that money, you know, grow tax-free, you know, for uh, you know many many years to come. So um, hopefully that addresses the the big difference between tax deferred and, and tax free. And again, it doesn't mean that one's a lot better than the other. I think you know uh, people should have a certain amount of money in tax deferred. And uh, once they hit that level, they should put pretty much the rest of the money in tax free.
0: Very good. Interesting uh, to to hear the differences there. So it really boils down to a lot of fancy words, tax deferred, and of course, all the different uh, letters and numbers that define these accounts. But it really all just boils down to when are you paying the taxes on these things? <laughs> so, exactly. Um, and that really holds true to the next type of account. Um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that would be a good way to describe it here, Charles. If we're going to wait to pay the tax when it's tax deferred, and if it's tax free, it just means we've already paid the tax then taxable must be somewhere in the middle, like, uh, as as we go, we pay the tax?
1: Yeah, exactly, so a taxable account would be like, yeah, maybe like a, a money market account at a bank or a brokerage account that you put your after-tax dollars in, maybe your net pay, and you'll pay taxes on the interest, the dividends, and the capital gains on those after-tax accounts. And uh, probably a good way to kind of tie these three different type of accounts in, Walter, would be to give you an example, let's just say that You know, I'm an investment advisor and you gave me $150,000. So I put $50,000 in the tax deferred account. All right. That's in an IRA. We put a second $50,000 in a tax free account, a Roth IRA. And we put the remaining $50,000 into a taxable account, which is that brokerage account, you know, whether it's a Merrill Lynch, Morgan Stanley, what have you. So now we have three separate investments, $50,000 each. And because of like, I'm great at what I do, I double the money and all of a sudden it's worth a hundred grand. So here's the million dollar question. Each account now was funded with 50. It's worth a hundred. You got to take the hundred grand out. The question to you, Walter, is, hey, that tax deferred account, that IRA, when we take the hundred grand out, how much of that's taxable? What would you think?
0: Oh, I don't know. Um, all of it.
1: All of it. Yeah, all of it. Because again, (laughs) you know, we, we deducted the seed. Now we're paying tax on the harvest. All right. Let's move forward to the tax free Roth.
0: I I didn't want that to be the answer, but.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's better that we're having this podcast because the people that are listening, you know, uh, and again, I said earlier, what keeps me up at night is what it's going to be worth when they have to take their money out. If you have um, a million dollars in your, you know, 401k and you make 6% in 12 years, that money doubles. Now you got 2 million. And that's a general rule. You got to take 4% of your account balance out once you hit age 72. It's just a general rule. But 4% of, of $2 million is 80 grand. Add that to your Social Security check and some of your other income. And guess what? You're not in a low tax bracket anymore. We're not in Kansas. All right. Uh All right. So let's go to the second, uh the Roth IRA. You put your 50 in. I grow it to 100. You take it all out. Million dollar question. How much of that $100,000, Walter, is taxable in the Roth IRA?
0: Uh, none of it, right?
1: None of it. Correct. Yeah. You didn't pay tax on the seed. Well, actually, you put after-tax money in, in there. So you did pay tax on the seed and now you get to take the harvest out tax-free, which is uh, really like a great benefit. And then lastly, the taxable account where we, we started with 50000 of after-tax money and it grew to $100,000. If we took it all out, how much of that $100,000, Walter,
0: would be taxable? From the taxable account, we'd, we'd be exposed to the growth being taxable, right?
1: Exactly, yeah. Okay. So you pay tax on the $50,000 growth because your basis is 50. You put answer tax money in there, agree to 100. You take 100 out, you only tax on the growth. So go to the head of the class, Walter.
0: Woo, three for three. Slid, slid in, just, in <laughs> uh, just under the wire. Fantastic. Uh, now, that doesn't complete. Uh, that's sort of the trifecta of the three popular taxable accounts, tax deferred, tax free, and those taxable accounts. But we've got two more we want to talk about on today's show, Charles. The next one is, uh, you know, the good old CDs. Well, you used to hear a lot about CDs, not so much in the past 20 years or so, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, if truth be told, I'm not a fan, a big fan of CDs. Uh, yeah, your principles protect it. But unfortunately, your purchasing power is diminished because, you know, a CD today, I don't know what they're paying, but let's just say they're paying one and a half, two percent. I mean, if inflation is three percent, guess what? Your principles protect it. But your purchasing power is not. And the reality is, most people need to create a rising income to cover rising living expenses. So CDs fail to keep up with inflation. And really, like when I see a client that has CDs, I really try to, you know, just educate them on the fact that you know what you're, you know, you think you're protecting your principal, which you are, but your purchasing power is being diminished because I don't know about you, but I just came from the dentist, and every year everything you buy is going to cost more. I can't believe what these dentists are charging today. Ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it almost feels like uh, insurance doesn't cover anything anymore sometimes when I go to the dentist. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it covers your cleaning twice a year, but after that, you know, you're fair game. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: So yeah, okay, so CDs, that's good information there to know, and and, yeah, just not as popular these days. All right, and then what about life insurance? This is one that people don't often talk about when it comes to, um, you know, to taxes and tax consequences, but there is a discussion to be had here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think life insurance is the most misunderstood asset class. And I say that because years ago when I was a practicing CPA, I mean, you know, I thought I knew a lot, but I didn't really know that much about life insurance. And half of the deals that my clients presented to me for my my opinion, I kind of squashed because I really thought that it wasn't like a really good use of their money. but. You know, with uh, education comes wisdom. And I would say that if structured properly, uh, life insurance, you know, can provide a tax free benefit to both the owner of the policy and also the beneficiaries of that policy. So uh, and another thing, too, about life insurance, and I'm, I'm talking about permanent life insurance, not term. Term life insurance is just like, you know, it's an expense. You put the money in and, you know, hey, hey if you die while the policy is you get you know, your beneficiaries get a death benefit. When I talk about life insurance, even though term insurance is important, you know, for people that are underinsured and don't have a lot of money but need to be, have, be, have coverage, when people start accumulating assets, I'm really talking about permanent life insurance where, hey, there's cash value. And when you think about it, if I had a half a million dollar death benefit and my cash value is 300 grand, I mean, the insurance company's only on the hook for $200,000. Because if I die tomorrow and my spouse gets 500,000, 300,000 of that is money that I put in and it grew after the expense of the insurance policy. But by and large, the point I want to make is that, you know, this is an under... Uh, utilize asset class. And if more people understood the power of life insurance, I think more people would gravitate towards it. And another important distinction would be that, yeah, you can create tax-free, lifetime time income if structured properly, just like a Roth IRA. But life insurance contracts, as a general rule, they can be overfunded. There's no contribution limit. So if I put money in a Roth IRA or an IRA, I'm limited to what I can put in. But a life insurance contract, I can put in as much as I possibly can, really based upon, you know, my uh, I guess my net worth profile. So hopefully that, you know, that provides a decent understanding of life insurance, but it's a really like Highly, I don't want to say complicated, but a lot of people when they hear the word life insurance, it's like they just like turn off because they figure they're going to get sold something. But I would just say to all the listeners on this podcast, keep an open mind because there are studies done where they compare taking money from a Roth IRA versus taking money from an overfunded life insurance policy. And more times than not, that life insurance policy would win. And why they win is because they're not subject, a life insurance policy, to market volatility, where, generally speaking, a Roth would be.
0: It's really helpful to get that breakdown of all these different account types. Charles, appreciate you walking us through these. We covered a lot of ground, but hopefully, especially when it comes to tax-deferred versus tax-free and those taxable accounts, hopefully made that simpler and easy to understand for folks. If you have further questions about this or how it specifically impacts your situation. All you have to do to get in touch with Charles is to pick up the phone, give him a call at 610-388-7705. That's 610-388-7705. Or you can go online to cpweldygroup.com for more information on the website at cpweldygroup.com. Charles, appreciate the information today and hope you have a great rest of your week and uh, we'll talk again soon.
1: Thank you, Walter. Appreciate it.
0: All right, thanks for joining us. That's Charles Weldy. Two new episodes each month. Be sure to come back and join us for another one here on Reengineering your finances in a couple of weeks. Until then, take care and thanks for listening.